0: This is Caffeinated Risk, the monthly podcast for security professionals by security professionals, focused on the principles of enterprise security risk management, exploring technology and business management issues and how they relate to information security risk. Once a month, two self-proclaimed grumpy security guys bring you analysis, insights, and interviews with leading security risk professionals to learn how they work through a project, a program, or their careers using a risk-based approach to security. Now, here are your hosts, Tim McCreet and Doug Lees.
1: It's interesting to try to explain that it isn't the fact that we're a municipality in Alberta. That isn't the point, right? They're, they're gaining access to a critical piece of infrastructure. That's the point. And I think people forget that. This could be, in some in Saskatchewan, I don't think they really care. It's what's accessible and what can they get to.
0: Right. So they're really just testing it out to see. Um, did you read that book, uh, Sandworm? Uh,
1: I I downloaded it. I haven't got a chance to read it. Um, it's on my list of the many to read. Yeah. What's the other one I read it was Lights Out by Ted Koppel. That was the one I read just recently.
0: Now, so again, I was thinking everybody's on this whole cyber physical thing, right? What do you... What what does that really mean? You can do something, but what can you really do? And I think maybe it's more of a scary thing, you know? Maybe that's the whole thing with terrorism anyway. Maybe it's all about scaring. I think, well, that's part of it, right? It puts,
1: there's a different fear that runs through executives and leaders if they know, oh, mother of God, the, the Russians are targeting our systems. And I think that, from my perspective, that's what drives a lot of the reaction. So you, you get a... A knee-jerk reaction to a threat that's been out there for over a decade. It just It's a more honed threat now. So the response that it, I, I think the response the politicians and the executives are looking for is are we okay? Are we protected? No, no, we never were. Where do you want to spend your, you know, your stakeholders money that you're getting? Where do you want to start reducing the risk? And I think that those are the discussions we should be having. Lots of things we can do instead of putting massive amounts of controls in place that nobody's going to use or it makes it so damn difficult at that point to operate they're going to go around the control anyway
0: yeah i remember didn't really work quite as planned because some of these remote control protocols don't really do things like communicate sound or or clear colors or you know that speed of um of the screen changes and stuff and then you know we've gone through the multi-factor we've gone through different accounts and all these different challenges and in the end are we making the business better or worse right you know so but i think there's a cost balance that we got to look at too because you know sending somebody remote especially when it comes to things like tech support and that I, i just don't see the point of flying somebody halfway across the world so that he can type things into a computer.
1: Yep, agreed. And and no executive in the right mind is going to grant that kind of expense just so that I can. To your point, I'm just going to fly a guy out and he's going to spend half an hour on site. You got to be kidding me. There's yeah. that's the first question I'd be asking is where's what other control have you got? How else can I get to it remotely? There there has to be a different way to it. Yeah, all the same problem,
0: right? How would an attack occur? But then we really got to sit back with the. People that run whatever your organization is like, give me three things that would be the worst things that could happen here. I Definitely. guarantee you, not one of them is going to say somebody got fished, and you know, it's nope. like
1: <laughs> no. <Nope>. And, <laughs> and gotta- that's the whole premise of ESRM is let's. Yep. To your point, what if I sit down with the executives and ask them, what do you, what do you need to run every day? Like if. If the building is not available, are you okay? And we've proven in COVID, yeah, we are. But if the system that I need to ensure the water quality is being tested every 15 minutes is down, is that okay? No, that's not. (laughs) Let's start with that one. Or, you know, you yeah. know and my favorite is, well, we got to have email. Do you really? Because Really? <laughs> do, you, do you really need email? Because it's costly to maintain, you know, five nines for availability. Okay, well, as long as Teams is up running. Awesome. That's a separate channel, back channel I can run on the, ne- on, on the internet without our network. Cool. We're good. Can you phone somebody? Yeah, I could do that too. Okay, great. Let's go to the next asset. And it's, you're right, yeah. it's like collaborative session. But when you ask the business questions first, then you figure out what assets support that business thing. Now you can yeah. start digging because otherwise, you're, Doug, you nailed it. Like someone saying, "Well, you know, if I if I send a phishing email and you click on it, is that bad for the network?" It doesn't mean it's bad for your network. What it did mean is your fish program worked really well and you caught some folks. Yeah. I would rather look at how can I protect that system that tests water quality every fifteen minutes and automatically adjusts the chemicals to ensure the pH balance in the water stays the same. That's the wow. one I want to start with. Thanks for listening to Caffeinated Risk. Next time on the show, we're speaking to Rochelle Lawyer, one of the co-authors of the series of books we're looking at in this podcast series on enterprise security risk management. Thanks so much.